Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to the Rancor fan whores and all the happy whoreheads out there. This is Billy Presida, and it is nine years of the Man Whore Podcast. What? What am I doing talking to you on a Sunday? I left a very pretty naked lady in her bed alone this morning just so I could get on back to my apartment and talk to you. So I, thank you for showing up. This is a little bonus. This is a little in-between episode for everybody just to celebrate the anniversary. Today is April 16th, 2023, and it is nine years since I released the very first episode of the Man Whore Podcast with a woman who I hooked up with from Tinder uh, and later then accused me of giving her oral gonorrhea, which turned out to just be mono she got from someone else. But hey, honor your anger and stuff. I have checked in with Nikki from Tinder, by the way. She is thriving, just to say. Looking great, feeling good, kicking ass. Dudes, pro tip. Let me say, decorate your fucking rooms. What do you, stop, have some personality on your walls, okay? Have the courage to display yourself visually in some sort of creative fashion. My dad, Billy Sr., far from an emotional fella, and you definitely know his personality when you walk into like any room in his home. The man knows how to decorate. I mean, him and my mom split up like five times before they actually got divorced, so he definitely like knows how to decorate a one-bedroom apartment in Fort Lee, and you all should too. You know, hang some stuff, put them in a frame. But the tip for the dudes who date the ladies, books, display some fucking books. I don't know. It can be seven books lined up neatly. It can be a whole ass bookshelf. Those of you who follow me on Instagram pretty closely know that like I like I have several bookshelves in my apartment that just display a ton of books, hundreds of books like they're fucking trophies. And even in my like tiniest, grungiest meh apartment. When I was 22 years old, I would get compliments from women I would take back who were kind of confused by like, is this technically a bed frame? Is it a futon? What's going on? They would compliment the bookshelf. Always a fan of that. Conversation starter. It's a nice way to show like some of your interests. It shows you sometimes have the attention span to like sit down and read 20 pages of something. And if you can sit down and read 20 pages of something, you might be able to bow down and lick something for 20 minutes. Anyways, just a little tip. This is a bonus episode. This is a bonus tip. And one of my bookshelves is called Billy Slutty Book Tree because it is like a book. It's like a tree-like bookshelf. And it's where I keep all of my sex and dating and gender books. Shout out to Ray's. Thank you, Ray's. Longtime fan who are Ray's who bought me that bookshelf during lockdown. Now, over the years, I've interviewed a slew of authors. And I have a ton of books by people who have uh, appeared on this podcast I haven't gone to all of them. I'm working on it. But I, I've realized I've read 15 books by Man Whore Podcast guests. And so today, I'm going to be ranking those 15 books for you, giving little mini reviews. And maybe you'll hear some stuff you'll want to pick up along the way. This is also low-key, kind of an infomercial for my, <laughs> for my independent bookstore affiliate link. I have no shame about that. I want to find you options away from Bezos to buy your books, and hopefully, uh, as you're listening, you'll you'll do all of your future book shopping through that affiliate link, of course, in the show notes. You're going to hear about it a lot. I'm sorry. You're going to hear it several times throughout the episode. 
but it will be a real help for me. I'll explain in a moment. Uh, if, if you are new to the podcast, this is the first time you're hearing me, this is not the episode to start with. One, I don't normally do an episode like this, and two, this one's not particularly funny. Why would it be funny? Oh, well, if you don't know, I am still allegedly a comedian. So anyways, I hope you enjoy this little extra bit. The Fan Whore Appreciation Moment this week goes out to all of you, to Fan Whore Nation. Thank you so much for tuning in every Wednesday or almost every Wednesday or the Wednesdays where the title looks kind of interesting. Thanks for showing up to Hot Movie Nights, to Man Whore Cons, to Reddit AMAs, to my OnlyFans, to comedy shows. Speaking of which, Naked Comedy Show this week, uh, all my upcoming comedy dates in New York City in the show notes. But uh, yeah, thanks to all of you. And of course, most importantly, thank you to those of you who have supported the Man Whore Podcast on Patreon. Whether you have been a patron in the past, you currently are a patron, or you're heading right now to patreon.com slash Podcast to join up today. Um, I, I just, I really appreciate it. It has helped make this a fiscally possible career path if every person who downloads this podcast would pledge two dollars per month i would be able to afford to stop emceeing speed dating events on the side okay <laughs> love you all now let me tell you about a little something i i have signed up and have started using and i'm very happy to uh, have an affiliate at bookshop.org it's called a billy slutty bookshelf and when you go uh, to, to bookshop.org slash shop slash Billy or click the link in the show notes of any man whore podcast moving forward, if you click that link first and then do your, your shopping, I get a little cut. I get a little taste ah, on the back end. Bookshop.org helps you buy books better. They didn't pay me to say this. This is just how I feel about it. Because look, you know when you buy books, you know, it's two names, right? You go to one or the other. It's an A one, then there's the B one, and then the rest are just like, hey, see yourself out of business. It's really sad what's happening to the indie bookstore in this country. And when you buy a book through my bookshop, you pay for it and they find it at an indie bookstore somewhere in the country. So you know that every time you make a purchase, you are supporting a small business. You get you you support two indies in one purchase. I think it's dope. So if you find yourself interested in any of the books mentioned here, I hope you'll click the link in the show notes or in my link tree, which is always in my social media. Uh, you know, I hope you'll go do it through there. Uh, and if you don't want to buy one of these books, but you just want to go bookshop and still click that link, go through there. Much appreciated. Okay, and then I hope you'll forgive me. There's going to be one of those commercially things here. I'm like pseudo contractually obligated to place it here. And, you know, as I mentioned, there are 15 books here. I have ranked them. Uh, and coming in at number 15 is A Dirty Word, How a Sex Writer Reclaimed Her Sexuality by Steph Terry. You can hear Steph's full episode of the Man Whore podcast over at episode 320. You know, uh, for those with sexual hangups, Steph's book will feel relatable. Steph is very vulnerable in her memoir about being a sex writer who felt a little, a little tight, a little insecure about both her body and about her sexuality. Uh, she shares uh, some really shitty past relationships that informed her view on dating and, you know, like that affected how she viewed her body and such. A Dirty Word does give a peek into the life of a sex writer and uh, what goes into that. 
If you've ever wondered about sex toy reviews, you get a little peek behind the curtain there. Because, uh, I mean, especially for back in the day and in, in kind of what we would call old media, how sometimes it was just like, hey, give them, give the intern that vibrator and ask her to write 300 words. Steph was that, Steph was that intern before she became like a full-fledged writer. Uh, you know, this, it's, uh, this is, for some of you, it, it might be a little on the boring side, I'll admit, but for, for many, it's a cute, fun, little memoir that some of you will dig, some of you will relate to, some of you will be bored by. That's fine. I would say listen to her episode as like a preview to decide if you should get the book. If you if she is your vibe, if you're digging that, I think then you'll dig the book. If you think she's a bit too vanilla, a bit too not kinky or anything like that, then uh, you might skip this one. But do please get it through the link in the show notes or at bookshop.org slash shop slash Billy. Again, that's uh, Steph Alteri, episode 320, A Dirty Word, How a Sex Writer Reclaimed Her Sexuality. Coming in at 14, Unashamed, Musings of a Fat Black Muslim by Leah Vernon, who you can hear on episode 286. The title of this book really says it all. This is a woman who is, uh, who, who is fat and black and Muslim and learning how to be unashamed. Leah Vernon is now like a full-fledged model. Uh, I, I remember, I think I texted her sometime last year because I saw her like on a commercial on YouTube that popped up. And I think I saw her in like an advertisement on the subway. I was like, girl, are you in this thing? She was like, yeah. I was like, nice. Glad things are going well. I did read her book. I believe I read it the summer of 2020 during lockdowns. Miss Giggles and I, yes, my, my ex-girlfriend, Miss Giggles, I read the book and then I lent her the book because I thought she would obviously have some thoughts about it. And it's a good, quick, easy read. It, you know, it's not going to take you forever to read it. It's not a difficult read. It's just a memoir. Frankly, I'm not a big fan of the genre. So like th- this is also why the memoirs are starting off the bottom of this list. doesn't mean they're bad, but like I'm just not that into memoirs. It's not my jam if I want to read a memoir, it's going to be of someone I'm a super mega fan of, right? Like, I'm going to read Kevin Smith's memoir. I'll read, like, you know, I got Barack's stuff. Right? I'll read those. But someone who I haven't really heard of, I don't know how excited I am for that. But some of you will greatly relate to this. If you are, I don't know, fat, black, and or Muslim. Even if you're not Muslim, for example, you could probably relate to some of her struggles, uh, m- blending sexuality and confidence with religious beliefs you might be able to relate to leah uh, on the topics of body image but and also how you are treated for your body ladies i hear it's rough out there in this existence leah discusses the misogyny she would face from various aspects of her life the type of men that would end up in her life how those relationships would play out how she would escape a relationship that was no good for her If you can relate to her, you're going to relate hard and probably dig the book. If not, I'm not sure how much you'll enjoy it as much as you'll just kind of like nod your head and be at moments and think, hmm, okay, I've now learned that this experience happened to this person. That's that's how I experience it. One more time. That's Leah Vernon, episode 286. Her book is Unashamed, Musings of a Fat Black Muslim. Coming in at 13, Exposure. A Sociologist Explores Sex, Society, and Adult Entertainment by Dr. Chantel Tibbles, who you can hear on episode 258. Uh, I, I interviewed Dr. Chantel Tibbles uh, at my very, I think that was, yeah, my first AVN Awards, my first Adult Entertainment Expo. 
I had read the book. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed getting a little peek behind the curtain of academia's prejudices against sex, the roadblocks she faced for wanting to like explore or study sex at all. You know, we talked about it a bit in her episode, but like some, you know, she go try to seek funding for, you know, her PhD studies. uh, And she was going to, she wanted to study the adult entertainment industry and just places were like, what are you, some sort of pervert? You just want, you just want to watch porn. You want us to pay you to watch and quote unquote study porn. Okay, lady, I'm sure that studying comes, uh, you know, comes with a lot of, lot of lube and double A batteries. (laughs) Right. But it was really cool to see, like, how do you study porn? Um, She goes through the methodology she she would use. She goes through, um, you know, like how she would she like sit down with a fucking bottle of wine and watch a bunch of porn coding it stuff like oh this one uh, involves double penetration and same-sex sex between two women and this one has uh oral sex but oral sex going on the guy or like right they're really breaking it down again i've told you my feelings on memoirs but this is good i like this one i it's not a book i think i'd read twice or go back to very much but i think it was in it but it was an exposure i believe that i learned about tracy lords which i don't know i think i've talked about on the show Maybe not. I'm sure it'll come up one day. Maybe I'll get to interview Tracy. But that's when I think I first learned about the Tracy Lord's underage porn fiasco, which if you don't know about, like, go to Tracy Lord's Wikipedia page and be like, O.M. fucking G. Mind boggling. So this, this is an enjoyable read. I don't know if it's a repeat read, but, you know, some chick on Twitter who I guess is studying sexuality she tweeted out the book and said, like, gosh, I want to get this. And I was like, I don't know. Like, she, she, her location says she was in Bushwick. So I was like, look, I'm in Bushwick. You can borrow mine. And this chick, like, came over and picked my book up, my copy of Exposure up. And I hope she's enjoying it. I hope I also get it back. Anyways, one more time. That is uh, Dr. Chantel Tibbles, who you can hear on episode 258. Her book is Exposure. A sociologist explores sex, society, and adult entertainment. Clock in at 12 is Reclaiming Our Space, How Black Feminists Are Changing the World from the Tweets to the Streets by, ooh, the Feminista Jones, who's dope, 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 dope. Definitely re-listen to that one episode is number 254. A lot of, lot, of, lot of books in the twos we're starting with, right? We got 286, 258, 254. She's so fucking cool. She's she's a badass on Twitter, and she's a badass in life, and she's a badass writer. Uh, Feminist of Jones writes with like power and soul and love and contempt. I got peeks into Black Twitter. Uh, I, there were some new uh, accounts I learned to go follow, and you know I, I got like a blacker perspective on events I already knew about. Sometimes she would discuss uh, an internet phenomenon event or something that happened in kind of the protesting spaces but it gives you just a different angle a different perspective i think she went off on sean king if i remember correctly and reminds you like why to not give that man money fj is dope and you should definitely follow her on twitter at feminista jones and i do believe she even has a new book out uh, about her bdsm lifestyle it's called push the button And at number 11 is Ethical Porn for Dicks, A Man's Guide to Responsible Viewing Pleasure by Dr. David Lay, uh, whose solo episode is number 169. But he's also popped up a couple other times to to help out with a question here or there. 
He has several books. They are all in uh, the Billy Slutty bookshelf. But this is the one that I have read. It's not his most well-known one. He's, he, I think he's most known for Insatiable Wives, which is about cuckolding and hot wife lifestyle. But this book, you know, this is a self-help book. Like if you're worried about your porn consumption, what it might mean, etc., this is really good. This is really practical, helpful tips if your relationship with pornography is complicated. I thought I lost my copy of David's book during the pandemic. Uh, when my group therapy started meeting in person again, one dude actually returned the book to me a couple sessions in. Turned out I lent it to him thinking it would be helpful after we discussed some stuff about porn in group. Um, love a book returning to you a year and a half later. I, there's another book in this list I hope that happens with. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't get a lot out of David's book because I don't think I have an unhealthy relationship with porn, but reading it, the whole time I thought, like, Dr. Lay wrote a great book for those who need this. One thing I did gain, one thing I did gain, uh, a tip for you if you accidentally stumble upon uh, CSAM, child sexual abuse material. I'm not going to make you wait to get the book, but so consider this a preview of Dr. Lay's book. He has a section that's just like, if I stumble upon this, what do I do? And he says, like, you contact the local police department or you visit cybertipline.com. Maybe contact a, an attorney for the process because you'll likely need to turn in your computer. And it's he says it's questionable if you'll ever get it back without some legal support. But overall, uh, doing so can help catch the people distributing this shit. Helps them identify new, uh, possibly new um, pieces of CSAM and, and there's like little markings on. Anyways, do the right thing. You, you contact the police. Be prepared to lose your computer for at least a good long while. Um, and But that's what you do. And th that tip as well as and many other tips are in the book, Ethical Porn for Dicks, A Man's Guide to Responsible Viewing Pleasure by Dr. David Lay, who you can hear in full on episode 169, which includes a very, very long rant about Lacey Green that I don't know if I still agree with. Again, folks, if you want to get any of these books, I would love it if you would do so by visiting bookshop.org slash shop slash Billy. And when you do so, you are supporting independent bookstores as well as an independent podcaster who gets a little affiliate on the back end. Think of it as a, a couple books for Billy and several more books for the bookshop, keeping them in business so it's not just all Amazon and Barnes and Noble. You know, it's a better way to buy books. Now, coming in at number 10, this is a book I think I have cited the most throughout my podcasting tenure. Uh, it's called Dateonomics, How Dating Became a Lopsided Numbers Game. Don't let the corny title put you off to it, okay? Because <laughs> the author, John Berger, who you can hear on episode 151, he ain't a fan of the title either, but sometimes you, as the author, you have to let go of the titling situation. Um, you know, the main thing he argues, as I've said for years, is that um, for there are a lot of ladies who are very frustrated with their dating environments. And his argument is that it, it's not, it might not be you. It might be the ratio. Granted, this book is very cishet centered and, uh, you know, he basically just crunched census data. I mean, he's a finance writer. He just, he was hearing all these like beautiful friends of his in their late thirties and forties complain that they can't seem to find a decent dude. And, and so he was like, let me go figure it out. And he crunched census data and discovered some things about like the ratios of college educated single men and women 
in various cities. Now, the idea that cities with plenty of available women creates a sluttier hookup society uses anecdotal, anecdotal evidence to support his claims, and I don't know how much I agree with all of it. But I do very much agree with John's advocacy for his conclusion, which is mixed-collar dating. The idea of questioning what filters you've put on online dating sites, because, you know, things like OkCupid and such, like, you can kind of, like, be like, well, I want someone with a college degree. Do you? Or do you associate having a college degree with certain personality traits and interests, right? You know, the key example, he's like, you know, one friend said, well, I want a guy who's going to go to the opera with me. And he's like, I went to Brown. I would never go to the opera with you. But there might be a plumber who makes six figures who loves the fucking opera. But if you filter him out just because of his college degree stat, his educational uh, background, you're not even thinking that like not having a degree means you can actually make money. I think there's an assumption like, we have a college degree. You, you might make six figures. Hello, I have an NYU degree. Look what I, I talk about my dick for a living. I love doing it, but I don't pay a ton. So I love that that's what like he's advocating for by the end of the book. Target what you actually want, not what you think you want to ultimately get what you want, right? Go for someone who likes the opera, not while filter out so it's just college degree dudes because that's why I think will get me to the guy who likes opera. Love love that book. Worth checking out. Very interesting study in census data and culture. It's called Datanomics, How Dating Became a Lopsided Numbers Game by John Berger. At number nine, I have Modern Manhood, Conversations About the Complicated World of Being a Good Man Today by Cleo Stiller who you can hear on episode 292, talk more about toxic masculinity with me. I actually had to go back to her book recently, uh, back in the fall when I was writing an article for Mashable about how men need to talk to each other better. My copy of Cleo's book has a bunch of post-it tabs in it. I love to flag concepts I want to go back to, factoids I can revisit, you know, books that I really, really love, books where I'm learning a lot, there's marginalia. I'm making notes in the motherfucker. I've got the post-it tabs. Like, I mean, my copy of A People's History of the United States of America. <laughs> a lot of tabs. Modern Manhood features a lot of interviews with real dudes who are trying their best, as well as some expert voices on masculinity. You know, what's great is, like, I disagreed at times with things I was reading. I shouted yes at others. You know, if the state of manhood is a major concern for you, or you're a man who wants to tweak how he cosplays being a man, Modern Manhood is a great book for you. The book ends with the Jewish concept of teshuva. This is, I, my heart swooned at the ending of this book. Basically, restorative justice. Whatever you call it, space is going to need to be created one day for men to come forward and take accountability, at least without fearing losing everything because when you don't think you need to self-preserve men might be willing to accept that they may not be the good guy their mommies told them they were it's just that like if the cost of even engaging in that conversation is detrimental to your entire life it's hard to get people to sincerely come to that table and i think modern manhood you know discusses that so really doug modern manhood Conversations about the complicated world of being a good man today by Cleo Stiller. Uh, and if you want to hear us go in depth about the subject, scroll on back to episode 292. At number eight is, surprisingly, 
Tomboyland by Melissa Falavino, who I had on episode 353. This is exactly the kind of book I do not like to read. It's personal disconnected essays. This isn't even like a series of essays on one subject. This is like mixing memoir with an essay book. I mean, there's no reason I would want to read this. Melissa and I had a chill chat on the podcast, really enjoyed it, but it was my Instagram followers who decided back in, uh, towards the end of 2021, that I was going to read this book fine. That's my methodology of picking books is, uh, you know, Siri picks four at random from my bookshelf in a very, uh, OCD process. And then I put them up on Instagram for a, a vote and then you all choose. And I was so pleasantly surprised. Some essays hit harder than others. Uh, hard for me to connect with Midwestern stories of Wisconsin tornadoes. But then something like Motherland had me teary-eyed on what would have been my anniversary with Wallet No Lady. I went to the coffee shop we met at, and I, I read some of the essays there. You know, I was thinking about par- a parenting life I'm likely not going to have. Because Melissa is discussing a parenting life that she's ultimately ha- decided not to have. And the effects of her decision not to go there. And what she still, even though she doesn't want it, what she feels like she's losing by not having that. I didn't think I would resonate with Melissa so hard in so many different ways throughout this book. It's not a book I, I would have picked on my own, like I said, but I'm glad it was selected for me. There was a couple essays where it just, it resonated real hard with Wallano Lady. There's one about moths that I had to like go read a, a large portion to her on her couch, I think, after reconciliation number two. And and she, and it it did. Anyways, beautifully written. Don't read essays based on the titles because the titles really don't tell you very much about what the essay is gonna be about. So just read all of it. I really enjoyed, again, surprisingly, Tomboyland by Melissa Falavino. And if you want to hear us chat. She's episode 353. Okay, where am I at here? Number seven, bow down. Lessons from Dominatrixes on how to get everything you want by Lindsay Goldwert. Episode 300. Even I felt empowered and inspired by Lindsay's badass self-help book, Bow Down. In a way, I, I read her book and knew everything that was being said. And yet, even still, the way she and her helpful dominatrixes say it makes it sound like you're getting profound and new information about life. They're going to be like, you need to this. And you'll be like, yeah, I know. But then by the time you're done with that section, you're like, I really do need to do this. This is like, you, you, It's like, oh, my God. It's like almost as if you learned something new. Value yourself. Be a bitch. Ask for more money. Don't accept less than what you deserve just to accept something. Right? We think we know these things. And yet somehow Lindsay makes us like remember that that's real and in a in a way we didn't think through through the advice from some badass sex workers you know very importantly the last chapter of the last section the power of the spirit uh it's titled you are always a work in progress because it's it's okay to not be perfect and it's okay to not always feel like a badass bitch accepting that is powerful and i hope you already have but you know, if you're if you're looking for a big boost of confidence, if you're looking to to reclaim some life for yourself, the book is Bow Down: Lessons from Dominatrixes on How to Get Everything You Want by Lindsay Goldwert. And I asked her, you know, how it applied to her own life in episode 300. 
Number six, Buzz, A Stimulating History of the Sex Toy by Hallie Lieberman, whose episode is number 225. Hallie is a great sex writer who covers a lot of important issues for major outlets like the New York Times, BuzzFeed, Vice. She, she even got me in New York Times with a nice little quote. Buzz is a book I occasionally pull out to find some factoid or revisit some story she tells in this. It, it really is. It's a pretty easy to read history book. I love history and I'll read the dense stuff, but like it's nice when it's a, it's a smoother read. My copy has a bunch of post-it tabs in it. Buzz taught me about how the modern day's feminist sex toy store even developed and, uh, and, and the forgotten characters who launched recognizable brands like Babeland and Good Vibrations and The Pleasure Chest. How they differed from seedy, underground, 9th Avenue toy stores with shitty products that only dudes would kind of sketchily go into. And how it became like a buy women for women type of joint. Like, did you know that back in the day, Good Vibrations had tryout booths? Excuse you? Tryout booths for the sex toys. Or did you know that like the fight to buy and sell sex toys played a role in the history of obscenity laws in this country, as it sometimes still does? This is a great book for nerding out about sex toy history. Frankly, if it wasn't for one of the books in my top five, which was also a history book that I have read since Buzz, this would have been in my top five. This is an honorary top five at number six by Hallie Lieberman who you can hear on episode 225. The book is Buzz, A Stimulating History of the Sex Toy. Again, if you want to purchase any of these books, go to bookshop.org shop billy. You won't even have to search all these books. I have a list in my store that is just Man Whore Podcast guests. Now, I got to give you a little warning. Not all the books that I have read here are available at bookshop.org. It doesn't hurt to take another look just in case something's changed. But like, since I made that list of all the books by uh, Man Whore Podcast guests, Buzz, for some reason, just was not available. And there's a, I think, I, I, I don't think a dirty word is, there's a couple other, there might be one or two others. But in Billy's slutty bookshelf, uh, I, I make a list. Like, yeah, you can go there and then just shop and search and browse around. Don't worry, I'll still get my cut. But if you want things to be simpler, like finding books from this list, you go to the Man Whore Podcast guest list. You can browse that. I've also made a couple other lists at the at the time of this writing. I got one that's sex and dating books, such as A Curious History of Sex by Kate Lister, which is one of my favorite sex books that is written by someone I've yet to interview. History of sex and words and toys and stuff. Mmm. Or you can go to my history list because, I, as y'all know, I'm a bit of a, a bit of a history nerd. I've got some of my favorite history books, like my favorite New York City history books, like Low Life and The Village. Even some books about the history of entertainment that I love, like uh, like The War for Late Night by Bill Carter, which is all about like you know that shift when like Leno was going to retire and Conan takes over, but then Leno's like, ah, I kind of want to come back, and then like Conan gets fucked over, and like and all the ancillary characters around that, like Kimmel and John Stewart, Stephen Colbert and Fallon and all that. Oh, love, I love The War for Late Night. Um, I might read that again. Anyways. You go to Billy's slutty bookshelf and and browse around, buy around, but you can also peruse my lists for some of my favorites. Again, link in the show notes or my link tree. Now at number five, we've got um, 
you know, a book I read so, so long ago and it took quite a bit of time before I was even able to interview her after I'd read the book, but it's called Unslut. It's by Emily Linden, who, who now goes by her real name as a novelist, uh, Megan Joyce Tozer. And you can hear our conversation as Emily Linden on episode 212. This book is heartbreaking and eye-opening. This isn't just a memoir of grade school bullying. Emily Linden published her 6th, 7th, and 8th grade diaries, unedited. I mean, like, she selects, like, the entries that she includes, but unedited aside from changing names, uncensored. You read about sexual harassment and slut-shaming of a child in the words of that child. She didn't write about 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. She showed what 6th, 7th, and 8th grade Emily had to say the way that young girl had to say it. You feel for her throughout. You root for her throughout. And on the L train many years ago, I wept for her at moments in this book. Super powerful. I could not recommend this book anymore. I've got no notes. No notes. For Unslut by Emily Linden. And you can hear us uh, discuss the topics that she discusses in the book, as well as other things. Uh, I think Aziz Ansari comes up on episode 212-212. Number four, Not Gay, Sex Between Straight White Men by Dr. Jane Ward, who you can hear on episode 86. Dr. Jane Ward is one of the earlier authors I had had on the podcast. Um, I'm surprised I don't reference this book more than I have, because I think I've referenced it in real life quite a bit. Um, I, I love this book. I, I lost my copy in COVID. I think uh, I may or may not. I know I lent it. Don't tell her. But I know I lent this to She says she doesn't know where it is. And that's either true or she doesn't want to give it back. I don't know which. But <laughs> um, maybe it's like in her closet somewhere in Jersey City. Oh, well. I hate that I can't find this book because I have wanted to go back to it on many occasions. This was, and this wasn't even a book like anyone's like really supposed to read outside of college. Like this is a book you write because like you have a thesis and or because it's going to get sold only in college bookshops. But the thing is when it went out and I guess they did their press release, it picked up a lot of press. It was on the Huffington Post and all these major outlets just because of like the title. I mean, not gay sex between straight white men. I don't even know. Like, you know what the book's about, but you don't necessarily know. And but I, I, I knew I wanted to read it. I was like, that sounds interesting. Not gay opened my eyes to uh, privilege on a new level. You know what some can get away with and others can't. Like there's a whole section that discusses the DL, the down low and why it's like disproportionately a racial situation. It's like disproportionately among like black and brown men or queer men, right? How white boys can get away with doing quote unquote more gay shit than black dudes, for example, you know? And and something, a, a question she kind of swirls around, especially at the end of the book is, is sexual orientation about who you screw or how you screw? You know, the book opens, uh, the, the first portion of the book is like in the 50s with the Hell's Angels, right? And how these like big, tough, buff, badass, fucking drug dealing, fuck bitches, Hell's Angels guys who are like the peak of what we interpret masculinity to be, how like they might be at a bar and like some femme dude might offer to blow them and they'll be like, 
right. How these badass, big fucking brolic, what we would call straight hell is a guys who probably already identify as straight. They're like, this dude wants to blow me, but they don't think of it as like, well, that makes me queer. It's just more like, well, I like it. I want to get a blowjob. I'm a man. This dude's like a femi bitch. Sure. I'll take head from this. It was about the femininity versus the masculinity of the person that kind of determined if you were like, quote unquote, straight or fey, right? But then at some point it took a turn. It was like, well, if you do a thing, now you are this thing. Greek life, Navy life, prison life. There are all these examples where like same sex relations between men, between white men and white men who would call themselves otherwise straight kind of happen, whether it's through necessity or for communal purposes or, or punishment. Also, by the way, readable, very readable, this book. It's an, it's an easy read in that like you're not going to be rereading certain pages or sections over and over again until you like understand what was being said, even though it is an academic text. Um, you might reread some pages just because Dr. Jane Ward's going to blow your mind. I, I, re- I endorse this book so fully. Uh, and she has a new book out that I did not know. It's, in, it's listed in the, um, the Billy Slutty bookshelf uh, in the Man Whore Podcast guests section, but is uh, called The Tragedy of Heterosexuality. No big deal if anybody like, wants to get me a copy, by the way. Number three. Oof. This is the one that displaced Buzz. When Brooklyn Was Queer by Hugh Ryan, who you may remember hearing on episode 375. I can't quote this book for you and tell you all these like awesome parts that I loved because right now a friend is borrowing my copy, but like When Brooklyn Was Queer is phenomenal and I recommend it all the time to friends who like history or who like New York history or you know who are talking about queer history. You know, I, I love a good history book, uh, even the dense ones. But Hugh Ryan keeps you captivated, weaving stories between the facts. He contextualizes today with the past, and he and contextualizes the past with today. Even if you don't like history books, I think you, you'll feel pulled in with the characters he highlights, the drag kings, the, the androgynous folks, the cross-dressing, the terminology that was used then versus now. A lot of times you'd say, like, he, would, he might say a sentence such as, this person was what we might call today transgender, for example. Or this is someone who like might use a term like non-binary, but that didn't exist back then. This is what they called this. And he shows you how queerness has always been here and will always be here. Even if the words and names and terms change, even if the laws of Tennessee change, never and never and never will humans stick to a cishet normative monogamous lifestyle. When Brooklyn Was Queer by Hugh Ryan, highly recommend. And if you want to hear us chat, not just about the book, but about, you know, a bit about his thoughts on things expanded and maybe a little about himself, you can hear that in episode 375. Number two, which I mean, frankly, I guess we should say it's most people would be like, oh, this is like the number one, but that's, it seems a little hacky. And it's only number two because of what number one is. This is otherwise my number one. This is my number one B book that I've read by one of my my podcast guests. The Ethical Slut by Janet Hardy and Dossie Easton, who I miraculously was able to interview both of them on episode 121, where Dossie, teeny tiny, very old, wrinkly Dossie, shared a story about how she fucked Wilt goddamn Chamberlain I know a lot of you aren't aren't sports folks, but Google him. He was like a massively big deal. 
not just in the pants. I, I was a questioning kid. The ethical slut was a big deal for me. A big, big deal for me. It was recommended by Jay, Mistress Jay from episode two. You may remember, right? Of course you remember. She's like so many people's favorite. Um, she was the first one to like say, you should read this book, The Ethical Slut. I saw it on her bookshelf. I was like, what's that about? Interesting title. And she tells me. Many months later, I would finally get my own copy and, and, and give it a read. I was a questioning kid my entire life. I've been a questioning kid. I always was just like, well, the establishment answer doesn't make sense. I, I, did, I wasn't anti-establishment for anti-establishment's sake. I was anti-establishment because like a lot of times the establishing answer didn't compute. I questioned religion because I was like, I read a lot. Of, I read some of this Bible stuff and I mean, cute stories, but I don't get it. I questioned rules. You know, finish your, you got to finish the food at the dinner table because there's starving kids in Africa. And I sincerely, not being a shit talker, was like, but why can't we just then like mail them the food? I questioned institutions that didn't offer explanations like monogamy. So I read this and I'm blown away because like I was finally given language to thoughts I'd had for years. I didn't think monogamy made total sense, at least maybe not for me. At minimum, the idea that not that like I had to love more than one person at the same time, just like when people would speak about love as if you can't love more than one person at the same time, it, ne it never made sense. And, and so the ethical slut gave me language to thoughts that I'd already had. It redefined the word slut, right? That's like one of the famous things about the ethical slut. They just say like a slut is just someone who thinks like sex is fun and pleasure is good for you. And, you know, when Jenna and Dossie did the show back in like, I think it was 2017 or, or 2016, you know, they were promoting the new third edition of the book, which is uh, it's, it's an updated version to update for the times to factor in trans people and to be more inclusive. It's not that they added a new section. They just like updated the terminology and some of the concepts, you know, that maybe weren't around when this book was first published, I think in the late 80s, early 90s. Many, many non-monogamous people will point to the ethical slut as a very formative part of their polyamorous journey. And I really think everyone, monogamous or not, should have to at least read the jealousy section. I mean, the section they write on jealousy is just, it's just phenomenal. And it's applicable to anyone in any type of relationship structure. But be a little careful who you gift the book to, because there is like a massive lesbian orgy scene, like two thirds of the way into the book, uh, which is fine and all. But like I bought this book for my youngest sister for Christmas when she was like in freshman year of college. I thought it would be a way to be like, hey, you know, you're about to enter college and sex and dating is out there and all this stuff. And here's a book that might be a little bit of a better guide than whatever you got going on there, blah, blah, blah. I came back home to visit one day and like she had left it. She didn't take it with her to college. Okay. I swung. I missed. It's fine. But then another time I came back to visit home and I walk in the front door and my mom is on the couch reading my sister's copy of the ethical slut. And I'm like, oh my God, is she at the part where like the ladies are holding down the other lady so a different lady can fist her? I don't want to talk about it. Let's not talk about it. I hope she doesn't bring it up. It's the type of thing my mom would bring up just to be like fun. I'd be like, you can be fun. Just can it not be to me? Anyways, The Ethical Slut. If you haven't read it, I'm not sure how or why. So be sure you're going to Billy's Slutty Bookshelf at bookshop.org slash shop slash Billy and get yourself a copy. What's the matter with you?
All right, and finally, at number one, you know I love this book because, like, the author, I don't think, likes me very much. I don't think she was very taken to me. <laughs> she hasn't blocked me on Twitter or anything. She just, like, she doesn't follow me on Twitter. And, she, you know, I just, I got a vibe, both during and after the interview. Sex with Shakespeare. Here's much to do with pain, but more with love by Jillian Keenan, who you can hear uh, on episode 145. Yeah, I don't I don't even know what to say here because like this is a book that has things I I can't identify with. This is a book about uh it's a memoir about one woman's uh acceptance to her spanking fetish. Not just a kink, not oh, I like a little kink. I mean, fetish. Like if she were given the option of of giving up penetrative sex, like PIV sex or spanking for the rest of her life, for the rest of her sex life, she'd give up the PIV sex. She would keep the spanking. This is a fetish. So she comes to terms where spanking fetish through her relationship with Shakespeare, through imaginary conversations she would actually have with Shakespearean characters from time to time as she was navigating love and sex and relationships. So think about it. three things I don't relate to. Um, fucking Shakespeare. Can't... Can't relate. Sorry. Uh, Spanking, not necessarily my jam. And it's a fucking memoir, which I think we opened this episode with. I don't like memoirs. I typically don't read a memoir. I'm just not into it. You know, if I don't know you or care about you in your life. How's Justin Bieber going to have a memoir at like 21 or 19? Come on now. The boy barely lived life at that point. So I was so surprised when I just was captivated. I I, re- I finished reading the book on a plane. It might have been on the plane coming back from Los Angeles when I interviewed Janet and Dossie. Um, I'm not entirely sure exactly when, but the point is, like, I'm crying on a plane by the end of this book. She talks about her relationship with her mother, talks about the relationship with the man who would become her husband and now her ex-husband, and she talks about this other big, 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 finally healthy relationship in her life that does eventually spoiler alert end because then she would meet the guy that she marries who she's married to when I interviewed her that she no longer is. It's a beautiful book. It's beautifully vulnerable. I don't even know how to sell you on this book other than just, you'll have to trust me. It's number one on this list for a reason, despite everything I just said about how I don't like memoirs, not into spanking and not particularly fond or knowledgeable about Shakespeare. Frankly, a couple times I had to like Google a certain Shakespearean play just so I understood kind of the context for what, you know, the moment that she was uh, showing. But I love this book. I, it may be due for a reread for me. Um, so I'm going to tell you again, go get Sex with Shakespeare. Here's much to do with pain, but more with love by Jillian Keenan. And if you want to hear us chat some more about her spanking fetish and about the book and about more. You can go hear us chat on episode 145. Again, if you want to purchase any of these books and support independent bookstores and tuck a few dollars in Billy's pocket in the process, do please go directly to bookshop.org slash shop slash Billy, or you can click the link in the show notes right here, or you can go to my link tree in any of my social media and you'll see it uh, listed in there. And you can go to Billy's Slutty Bookshelf. Go browse around, shop around, do all your book shopping over there. And if you want to buy the books 
that you're hearing about. Almost all of them you can find in the uh, the Man Whore Podcast guest list that I have uh, created for your for your ease, for your perusing, for your browsing. And if you have read any of these, I would love to hear about any of these books that you've read. I'd love to know uh, how they've affected you. I'd love to know if you fucking hated any of them. Uh, or, or if you've read other books by guests of the podcast that maybe I haven't written. Send me any and all of that to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Another great place to share such things is in the episode discussion channel in the Champagne Room or in the Book Nook channel. Either of those would also be great places to uh, to share your thoughts, not just on this review episode, but mostly on the books therein uh, or bo- other books by my guests you've read. Uh, and I want to leave you with this. This is a sweet, sweet thing I got in my mailbox from a fan whore who is oh so lovely and oh so very kind to me. She was uh, she's walking by like a public space in her in a city near her, and they have one of those little those guys with the typewriters like I'll write you a poem for like a dollar. And then, like, whip something up. You give him a suggestion, like it's like an improv comedy show. Elizabeth asked him to write a poem titled Man Whore. A shout out to the poet Marshall James Cavanaugh, who uh, goes under the handle at Dream Poet for Hire. I thought this was a nice way to end the Potiversary episode. So, um, this is Man Whore. A fancy feast, boy growing up to be quite the treat, turning tricks, inciting riots. Ain't life so sweet when you indulge it fully? Yeah. I'll see y'all again on Wednesday, everybody. Stay slutty.